Well, we've made it through the winter months and all the speculation of who's signing who in January. But finally, the start of the 2023 season is upon us. And the only question now is, how is your team going to fare out? The fella in the green on my short. The fella in the green on my short. Keep the good man on the bench. Welcome to the big kickoff League of Ireland podcast in a week where Bows have a temporary stand and it's completed now. The league is about to kick off and of course Kerry are making their long-awaited debut. My name's Roy Shanahan and joining me today is Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com and also football journalist James Rogers who we hold in the highest regard James where as, as Nathan said off air we used uh, a lot of your stuff on the show which is uh, which is brilliant so we want to thank you first of all for coming on second of all for giving us all your your valuable information and uh, thirdly welcome to the show thanks for having me lads it's, uh, it's uh, good to get into the mood of it I suppose we're just talking off air there about like how much we're looking forward to it and I'm Probably just on the fence a little bit yet, but this will really whet the appetite, I think. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, it will because... Uh... It's normal, isn't it, to be, to be always on the fence and obviously be a bit more uh, on a bit of a down out of your team. I think it's it's unnatural, isn't it, to be optimistic as a League of Ireland fan in any sort of avenue. So, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, it's the, it's the first week, so... Uh, as far as everyone's concerned, they can win the league, uh, but that's not going to be the way it turns out. So we're going to have a little look at the first division first. And James, listen, we're going to have to start with Kerry because their first game is away to Cove. How do you think their season's going to fare out? It's a tough one to judge, isn't it? Yeah, really tough. There's a lot of, I suppose, players coming from the amateur ranks, I suppose, that you know maybe we don't know as much about. We've heard a lot over the years about the standard of Kerry football. And um, I just look, I think it's exciting in terms of, um, I think everyone not in the first division is probably praying for a trip there in the cup or something, you know, um, <laughs> to, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a new ground to go to. It's a new club to sort of keep an eye on. And um, it's a, it's a, it's a big County as well, you know, to bring into the sphere. I suppose that's probably one of the downsides of league of Ireland football at times that, you know, there are large blocks of the country that, you know, people would say, I don't have a team to support. Um, so it's, it's very, very welcome. And, and look, um, I, I know they've sold out already. So, Whatever the, I suppose, the, the season as a whole brings, it's going to be a great atmosphere there, you know, on the night, you know, and Cove is, is probably close to a local derby as they're getting as well. So, um, you know, it's great to see them in there and, and look, at, again, great chance for players to progress. So, you know, they've assembled, I think they're up to 29 now of a squad. So, you know, they've, they've, they've got there in terms of numbers and all that. So um, great to see them on board and like to wish them well. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look how Treaty stepped into the league and did really, really well, is is that too much to ask from for from them? Are they are they just looking to bed in somewhere? You know, hopefully their aim is not to finish bottom of the table and wherever the league brings them, it brings them. Yeah, I think look if you ask most people in Kerry, I'm sure like they'd take maybe a mid table finish right now. Just um, you know, get off the mark, keep keep. Like I know season ticket sales went well, etc. You know, they've obviously got good sponsors on board this year. And it's about giving them something to build on a platform. I don't think anyone's expecting any miracles year one. Treaty were probably more settled as a as a as a you know a city in football because obviously Limerick had been there. And this is a sort of, you know, even harder sort of place to come from in terms of, you know, starting off 
But um, I think like if they can, you know, get a few wins under their belts, keep that interest there and grow on it year on year, I think that's real success. Yeah, Nathan, is Cove the best fixture that they could have got? Do you know what? I, I we probably get on to him a little bit. I think Cove might um, overachieve a bit this season. I think they could be there and thereabouts to that final playoff position. But yeah, now I do think it's it's an idea when, especially at home, and as James says, having a uh, Mount Hall Park being an app being a cello, you'd imagine the atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric and the appetite, you know, that's it's going to be there for the fourth game of the season. Regardless of where Kerry do finish, and even if you do finish bottom of the table, which isn't ideal, this is a long-term project, isn't it? This, this, Whatever happens in the fourth year is not going to have a major bearing on Kerry FC as an entity going forward. Now, they've, they've been so uh, connected with our local links, as James said, winning recruitment, you're winning lads from uh, academy systems around uh, the Kerry District League. Yeah, regardless of where they do finish, this is going to be a long-term project and a slow-burner long-term project to where uh, the ball's had a good walk up the Kerry District League in the region. Who in the first division, James, do you think might struggle this year? Hard to tell on 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 you know at this juncture. I think like the, probably a few of the teams who were there thereabouts, like you know Longford have made the playoffs. I think they've lost a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you know got a got a good signing in uh, just this evening in Aid Irvin coming back from loan from Shelburne, but uh, I think that you know they've they've lost quite a few, mainly to Wexford if we're if we're honest. Um, and I think that could be the one, um, you know, just because they were in the playoffs for the for for recent in recent years and including last year, I just think um, if if anyone is going to sort of bridge that gap and get in there, I, I think they're more likely to miss out than than you know say the you know the Waterford and, and Galways of the world. Um, so you know that that, that that's going to be interesting to see how they get on. But I, I you know there's a lot of teams there. I think could could improve probably, you know, more the other way in terms of, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Ian Ryan gets on at Bray and, and obviously James Keddy at Wexford. I think, you know, Wexford have some had some great results in, in pre-season and, and look really impressive um, whether they can carry that into the season, I suppose. But yeah, I think in terms of struggle, it's hard to tell, but like Longford would be the one, I think, if, you, if you're going to say, right, who... who can we aim for that? You know, to topple from from that playoff spot from last year. I think they're probably the most vulnerable on paper, anyway, at least. Yeah. And it's, it's in the fourth division, like there is a couple of rebuilds at hand, isn't there? Like you talk about Bray Wanderers, Finn Harps, who we probably get onto it as well. They've another big rebuild, but it's probably the biggest rebuild within the fourth division is at Longford Town, considering how much of key players that they lost from last season. But uh, yeah, big rebuild considering the modest budget that they'd have um, in Longford. When I look at Treaty and I look at Bray, you're kind of looking at them and at Lone. I have a feeling that Lone might struggle this year. But Treaty, Bray, and, and you've hinted on Longford. Are, are they, James, the ones that you feel just might miss out on that playoff? Is there anyone else there that just could possibly miss out on those uh, playoffs? Um, it's hard to see Cove being in the, in the picture as well. Like, you know, they're, they've done well. Um, Wexford, you know, like, I, I just said there, I've been impressed by them, but like I, I think it's a, it's a kind of strong division again. Like you, you'd imagine, obviously Waterford and Galway were in the playoffs last year. I think that I'd be very surprised if they weren't again. You Finn Harps coming down, um, I'm sure they expect to be there thereabouts. And um, I, I, I have a funny feeling about Bray. Like I was really impressed by what Ian Ryan did at did at Wexford before, and I think they've they've made some astute signings, like in terms of. You know, Dave Webster and Dave Massey coming in at the back and 
you know, that that adds real sort of solidity. Obviously, Chris Lyons coming in from Drotted is a player who I think certainly at first division level could get you goals. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, look, it, it's, it's all about how teams gel. You know, we're, we're judging things on paper and it's it's all about, I suppose, you know, if, if a team gets off to a good start, momentum can be wonderful as well. So, um, it's, it's tough to judge at this stage, but, uh, you know, I think the good thing about it is uh, with the playoff system, and I know it's very hard once you get there to get out of the division, it kind of gives you a chance for most of the year. You know, like uh, there wasn't um, a lot in it uh, between even, say, Longford and Treaty, you know, went down to the last couple of matches last year in terms of getting to the playoff. Wex were, were in it for a long time. So there was only really Bray at Lone and Cove last year who were sort of, you know, no chance of promotion with maybe seven or eight games to go. So yeah. it's... Um, you know, it, it does keep that division interesting. Have Wexford got enough to push for a playoff spot and maybe a playoff spot to play one of the Premier Division teams? Have they have they built enough to really push? Um, difficult to judge. I mean, I, again, they're, they're, they're one of the teams I I I, I seen in pre season. They looked really good. Um, I think they've signed well in certain areas. Jordan and Amos had a great pre season. Mm. I think he got a hat trick against. Hats, I think it was in the in the lens. Nice, show. I like the way you brought Thanks, that lads. up. Thanks. Two weeks in a row now, this hat trick got to be involved. <laughs> well, at least, at least David Tads to score a hat trick in the in the lens of senior cup. Um, but uh, we won't go into that. But yeah, no, I think they've signed uh, some decent players. Even you, Douglas, who was a Bray, you know, for for a long time. You know, Connor Levingston coming from Bowes. Um, it's a sort of it's a sort of big ask given what else is in the division, but. I do think they're a team that, you know, have the ability to kick on. I'm really impressed by what they're doing kind of off the field. I see they promoted or did it put in place a marketing manager uh, this week as well. Um, so, yeah, look, again, a bit like a bit like Kerry. Okay, Wexford are further along in the development, but it's about building the brand and building the interest in the area. And I, I think they're, they're doing a good job in that regards. Yeah. Nathan, what's success for Treaty this year? They've had an unbelievable start. Last year, kind of same old, same old, but it wasn't as impressive because the first season was so impressive. So what are we going to get from them this year, do you feel, and, and what is success? I don't know if we agree or not. I think this could be the year we see a bit of regression uh, with Treaty United's. You know, they, they kept, um, like I said, uh, Ender Curran, who was excellent, wasn't he, in terms of goal scoring form in the fourth division last season. Finished up as the club got the highest top goal scorer. Like I said, Mark Ludden, Dean George, Stephen Christopher, uh, Ben O'Weird and are still in the club. But in terms of recruits, you know, like Ryan Connolly uh, coming in from Finn Harps and Connor Barry coming in from Wexford are shown uh, with recruitment. But yeah, just for myself, I think when you're looking at that final player opposition, likes of Wexford, Lonford, I like I said earlier, I personally would say Cole Ramblers look a bit more strong uh, to push that final position than Treat United. So yeah, I wonder, it's just a year we see them slipping out of the playoffs. Okay, so we're, we have a few uh, differences of opinion there. We'll go for the top. Waterford, Galway, Finn Harps, probably the three favourites. What's going to, I suppose, divide the three of them? I think at that level, you're talking um, probably goals. And I think in, in, in that regard, I think Waterford have the biggest stress. Uh, I was really impressed by Wasim Awasharia last year. I've seen him a few times. They, they actually did Dundalk in the Cup and um, you know, I think he was actually suspended for the semi final then, but um, which was a big loss to them. But uh, you know, he, he's a real handful, and obviously bringing in Ronan Cochran today as well. I think at that level, I think he can he can really be a threat. Um, 
And I, I just think that could be, you know, they obviously have creative players in midfield as well. You know, a blow to lose Junior Quaterna, obviously, but um, I think like even Thomas Alua, you know, could could step up at that level. I, I just think that, you know, they, they probably have the biggest goal threat of the three. And I think that could be vital. And also I think that, that link with Fleetwood, I know they've brought in the likes of uh, Christopher Con clark um, Barry Bagley and stuff like that, players we don't know a lot about. But I think throughout the year, they can turn to that again if they need something in the summer, if they're lacking or whatever. I think that, you know, that, that that's huge in terms of, um, you know, what they, what they can bring down there. And I think that just could be the difference maker for them over the say the likes of a Galway or Finn Harps because, um, you know, I, I'd imagine that they are going to be the, t- the top three, in my opinion. I don't disagree with you there. Um, but I just think if anything's going to edge it, it could be just that goal track because if you can get players multiple players maybe scoring 10 each it's, it's, it's going to be very hard to stop you I think in terms of you know being promoted Absolutely Nathan I don't we've discussed the first division and Waterford quite a bit over the last few weeks uh, also Galway and we touched on Finn Harps uh, the other week nothing has really changed our mind and James has kind of cemented it there we, we kind of do feel that Waterford will go on yeah, it's hard to look past them, really, isn't it? Uh, as James said, some of the, the recruits he brought in have really good. I think uh, Thomas Oliver coming in from Athlone is could be potentially the, the top goal scorer in the fourth division this year. He was the only shining light in a pretty dire Athlone team last year. Uh, but some of the lads that he managed to keep a hold of despite missing out on Premier Division, Division football is really impressive. You know, uh, Noel O'Keefe, Darryl Power, Killian Caldwell, uh, Paul Mo- uh, Martin, still all at the club. Uh, Large budget as well, probably one of the largest in the fourth division for that, that financial backing. So I think anything but automatic promotion would be a bit of a disaster for Waterford. Um, and then in regard to the other teams, Roy, you actually mentioned that would be my top three in order would be Waterford, Galway, United and Finn Harps. But uh, yeah, really, really difficult to, to look past Waterford uh, for winning the league. Who do you think is going to finish bottom, James? Um, it's always a tough one to call. You don't want to be upsetting anyone, do you? Yeah, it, it's really tough. Um maybe at loan just because I, I, I of all the teams I, I think they're probably the most under the radar and and you know lose you know they've lost a couple of players who, who were decent for them last year too so mm. um I, I do think I know Cove were bottom last year but I think um I think that, that you know they made a couple of decent signings even Lee, Lee Stacey coming in and goal and that so um I think they'll be a bit better this year of Shane Keegan's in there sort of year two um I hope not. Not that it matters much, but I hope it's not Kerry just for yeah. you know yeah. something, something to build on because it's such a it's such a uh, you know it's such a boost. I think like I think you know it, as you said at the start, I think every team's excited this time of year and every fans have high hopes for their teams. I, I think Kerry are winner straight away just to be in it. You know, yeah. you know, not every team will will be happy. You know, but <laughs> even by match day, the end of match night one, never mind come the end of the season. But uh, I think that you know just them being there is a success in itself. I have uh, bottom at loan. I have Cove ninth, eight Kerry, Gray seventh, six Treacy, five Longford, Wexford four, Finharps, Galway, and Waterford. Is there anything there that you would smack out of park and say that's total nonsense? Well, apparently, yeah, Cove Ramblers. I'm the only one that seems to be on the Cove Ramblers train. I just think, like, now, I'm going to throw a couple of caveats here with Cove Ramblers that have to change. First of all, the defensive record was really bad last year, conceding 78 goals. 
Um, as James said, a bit of good recruitment. Uh, Charlie Lyons, centre-half, coming back into the club. Uh, former Cove Ramblers captain. So that'll be important to show them at the back. Lee Stacey as well between the sticks. Um, having Jack Doherty coming in from Wexford. Uh, so yeah, I think they've done some... Without being spectacular, they've done decent recruitment. Um, I will hate to say it, I, I'm going to be the... the the, the bastard of the, the group I do have Kerry down the finish bottom hate to say it I really really do but I think it's a long term project for them uh, I don't, it's, look it doesn't matter it's, it is genuinely without sound and uh, condescending it's just great to have them in the league isn't it um, the first time around so it's definitely going to be a long term project and hopefully it's not a flash in the pan and they are here to stay for many years to come absolutely okay so I'm going to finish with yourself James we all think kind of Waterford are going to get there. Who has the best chance to progress through the playoffs, as in has the best chance of maybe beating the Premier Division to make it to the top? I think it's a bit do or die this year for Galway in many respects. Like, you know, they've been knocking on the door from, what is it, 2017? They were, they were relegated and, and you know, again, big enough budget over there. It's a... It's a it's a wonderful setup, a great city. Like we we're talking about, maybe potential trip to Kerry. Like is it, going to Galway is not the worst thing in the world, either. Um, and I, I think you know, obviously John Caulfield. You know, I think he. There's certain fans I know for a fact that have kind of turned on him. You know, the Valley Horgan and the experience he brings in there this year too. So, I, I think, you know, the. the, the they're probably the best equipped. Finn Harps are a bit of an unknown quantity. Dave Rogers has obviously gone in and. Um, you know, it's his first stint at this sort of level. You know, from what I gather, he's put it, you know, there's a great buzz up there. Um, and you know, probably signed a lot of players we're not familiar with from outside the league. You know, you like likes of Philip De Silva up front. How will he settle in? Yeah. Um, what what could count against the likes of them in particular is the, the, the sheer journeys, like the 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 mileage to put up. Uh, I think the the retweeted one recently where Pep Guardiola Guardiola was going on about you know the what it takes out of Man City going to London, and they said look look what we have to do sort of thing. <laughs> that, you know some really big long trips and 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 that on a part time schedule. Um, I know everyone has to play the same teams, but it just seems like Finn Harps have maybe that little bit further to go of the promotion teams. Yeah. Um because, you know, I think when 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 Galway and Waterford do it, you know, maybe the, the roads are a bit better and stuff like that. But uh yeah, I think Finn Harps are a bit isolated up there in the northwest this season, I think. Yeah. Uh yeah, we had an episode called It's uh, Now or Never a couple of weeks ago where we had uh, Joseph in who works with the Galway media. And I think he kind of had the same feeling himself that the, the, the vibe around the club was that, you know, it's probably the last chance saloon to get up there. So, um, again, I, listen, I think there's je- people who would like to see Galway get up there just because they know they're being backed and all. And it, it might make them a bigger club and, you know, make the league a, a premier division, a, a better division, etc., etc. So there's lots of reasons there. I've always just liked Galway as a place, as you're saying, it's not a bad place to go to. And uh, I, I think it'd be great to have them back up there as a permanent fixture, you know. Yeah. Um, OK, listen, James, you're an expert on Dundalk football and there's been many ups and downs over the last few years. Where do you feel this Dundalk team are now? I'll, I'll be honest, I, I'm a bit worried, you know, going into this season, just purely on a numbers basis. Like, I, I'm open to correction on this. I, I'd say Dundalk have the smallest squad in certainly the Premier Division, potentially both divisions. Um, like, uh, Sports File were down 
last week or the week before getting the the squad pictures and the dock had 22 players in it four of them were goalkeepers which leaves 18 outfield players very good chance one of them doesn't play for quite a long time and John Mountney it's quite a serious injury I believe it, it leaves 17 outfield players um and when you factor in Europe this year which you didn't have last year um a lot of injuries last year as well so there's kind of question marks over one or two of them you know can they can they play 40 plus matches potentially this season between league mm. cup and europe um and i just don't think he is the bodies there uh he said it himself he he, he feels um stephen o'donnell this is he said that himself that you know he doesn't have the bodies to play three games in a week which is from a fan's perspective has to be worrying because i was just looking at the schedule there and there's five rounds of three matches in a week between now and the end of june you know so it's um just purely on a if he, if he can get a bit of luck with injuries i think on top of a good squad good good starting 11 maybe even a a good sort of 15 16 17 but outside of that i think you'd have to be worried at the, at the sheer numbers he, he's just he said himself he wants two more before the start of the season we're, we're effectively two days out from that now um, I think Wednesday the twenty second is is the is the deadline, so he still has a bit of time, even if he doesn't get them in for Friday. But even two more players, I mean, he lost eight from last season squad. He's brought in five, so that would be still going into this season with one less yeah. than last year when he wanted a bigger squad. Uh, he's on record as saying that. So just from that regard, um, that would be my concern from a dog perspective. Just you know, have they enough bodies there to to last the season? Um, because if they get anything near the number of injuries they got last year, uh, you know, the dog could be in a bit of bother. Well, Nathan, we said this about St. Pat's uh, last couple of years and even last week on the show that their starting 11 is probably not the problem. It's the squad and, and, and injuries have killed them over the last couple of years. Uh, this could be the very same with Dundalk this year. I think it could be the same with both Dundalk and Pats this year and the two teams that you'd imagine will be fighting for that uh, third European position uh, in the league standings. I think they're both, as uh, like Jamie said, uh, 22-man the dark team. I think Pats have a little bit, 24 maybe, 24-man uh, deep squad. So, yeah, be taking the factor of injuries. As you said, both team have, teams have European football um, on the horizon. It's yeah, it's going to be a difficult uh, one to see. A couple of injuries could really hampered the league standings. Um, just going back to Dundalk for a minute, James, obviously a lot of speculation around the ownership and, and stuff like that in the off-season. How much uh, do you think that'll take a, an effect uh, heading towards the, the kick-off of the Premier Division? I, I don't know much sort of impact the likes of that has on, on say, players or anything like that. I, I, I don't think it's something that'll get in the players' head. I think it's something that it is progressing um as far as i'm concerned that there's a very good chance that a deal may may happen and 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 that could be the game changer i mean like, not just us but like pe- people sit and be in newspaper columns podcasts whatever it is that they try and predict the season and you, you know you forget there could be massive changes like you, you take certain players out of different clubs if you know a player moves abroad in the summer or equally you bring in someone it, it could have a massive effect on your campaign and you know, a potential takeover or investment or whatever you want to bill it as, um, could do that for any club. Um, but I think it's it's something that that could happen, probably needs to happen, um, 
and it sort of watched this space on that in that regard. But uh, in in terms of the impact on the team, I don't think it will have much of a bearing. But it it certainly doesn't look like Stephen O'Donnell is getting what he wants right now because I I don't think any manager would want to go in with those numbers. Is that worrying? Because when you look at other teams, the likes of Derry and Shamrock Rovers, and just say the likes of Waterford and Galway, and all they're getting this funding in behind long term. Is that a little worry if if Dundalk don't kind of follow in the same way? Yeah, and more so from Dundalk's perspective, I think, because it's it's not just a case of, um, like if 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 I invested hypothetically in in Rovers or Derry tomorrow, there's better structures there. I think at both clubs, there's a lot to be sorted at Dundalk. If it was just a case of go in and run a football club, that would be one thing, and and that's difficult enough in itself. But you have the ongoing sag of like the stadium is, you know, increasingly not fit for purpose. Um, you know, there's a there's a series. I I, I don't envy any owner having to potentially deal with that. I was, I was just commenting to someone the other day. Um, you could potentially, in my opinion, spend in the region of two million euro on Oriel Park, and I don't think the the fan coming in the gates would notice a difference because the pitch at some point has to be replaced. I know Derry and Straban Council released a report recently um, on on their three G surface, and it, it basically said it, it didn't. Well, the FAI have said it, it won't do beyond this season, um, and the, some of the quotes were were one million plus sterling to replace it. On top of that, at Oriel, you have the case of like, you know, you look at things like the floodlights, things that fans don't maybe look at when they come into a stadium. That they're there since nineteen sixty seven, um, they need an upgrade, um, and that's that's why I mean you could easily spend, you know, in the region of two million euro on the place, and it and it wouldn't improve the fan experience in terms of you're not going into a nicer ground or a nicer stand or you know nicer facilities or anything like that. So it's it's a huge huge challenge uh, that they have, I think. Um, and to be fair, it's not just these owners that like the, the guys there at the moment. They're only in at twelve months, but it's been something that's been kind of put on the long finger by multiple owners and boards of Dundalk going back to the mid sixties. So um, with every year that passes, it just becomes sort of more and more out of date and um, probably more and more expensive to to resolve as well. Absolutely, it's it's something that uh, we put up a, a clip. Uh, should Dundalk move from Oriel Park? It got a lot of feedback, especially on TikTok. Uh, I mean, obviously the, the 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 rival supporters slagging it about how poor it is, but a lot of Dundalk fans who yeah are kind of looking for that move to be made at this stage. And as you said, it's very expensive. So I, I did kind of give you an idea of the question that I was going to ask you. The likes of Dundalk and Drogheda, it's fair to say the two grounds aren't of great standard. Is it ever a thought in the head to say that a ground share would be possible? I I wouldn't like to see it personally. Um, and for the reason that, and maybe you have to be down here to, to sort of appreciate it, but there's a intense rivalry between the two towns that goes beyond football it's they're, they're not at all linked they might be in the same county but they may as well be you know i, I often comment you go abroad and, and most people you know, where are you from i'm from dublin where are you from i'm from kerry where are you from from cork people from loud say i'm from dundalk or drada you know right. it's it's kind of it's that sort of place um as, as well as that, i think you, you, you risk losing identity i think if you do that because 
um i'm not against the municipal stadium idea but like and i kind of have these figures and brain ingrained in my head but like so united park or weavers park as it is this year uh to oriel park is 36 kilometers um if you take something like say talca park which i think is the most northerly uh dublin ground in the league to say the carlisle grounds which i know is technically in, in wicklow like that's 24 kilometers you know it's, hey. it's 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 a shorter distance brandywell to finn park is 40 kilometers which is similar you know distance dundalk and Drada, and even things like cove to turner's cross 23 kilometers and i don't think you'd ask any of those clubs to ground share on a long-term basis and i, I and, and that would be my fear that you look at multiple clubs say bows in, in the Fibsborough area you, up, you go up to sligo there, there's great work being done in the community and i just think if if kids end up going to be it one town or the other or somewhere in the middle like i know dunlear has been suggested over the years you just risk losing that identity of what makes you dundalk what makes you drada um i think the biggest tragedy of all this is that you know we're now in 2023 there's a 14,000 seater stadium being built in 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 Dundalk for for Loud GA um that is potentially going to be open next year and you know the fact that a, a club can't use that even if it was for yeah. say European matches I think that's a, a bigger issue because you know I've been fortunate enough to go on a lot of European trips over the years and municipal stadium stadiums are very common on 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 the continent and 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 you know serve a really good purpose for these things. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously, San Siro pops into everyone's mind, and they think about that kind of stadium. Uh, I don't think it would be anything like that if it did come around. But I, listen, I take them uh, points; they're good points because you want to keep your identity. The only problem at the moment is is that neither club have gone in any way to try and resolve this and if you look at the likes of even bohemians who have been trying every each way to try and resolve their issues you wonder is there an appetite even at the moment for these clubs to 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 change them what have you heard it's something that's constantly on the radar boat clubs i mean you, you, like like the the, the, the dog fans and the draw the fans will always defend their home to, to some extent but it's you know like it's not ostrich with the head in the sand either it's you know it's 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 on the radar it's just it's so like that's what i'm saying i don't envy any owner tackling it because i can only imagine the sums involved would be absolutely enormous like we've seen some of the figures quoted for the likes of say uh dailyman park the original version when 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 shells were due to be part of it and you're talking was it 30 40 million you know like you know for something that wouldn't even have reached say category four uefa level now maybe you could argue you don't need something like that to be fair to pose i like what they've done this week with with the, with the terrace in the mono stand as they're calling it um but it's it's a monster project to tackle and it's very hard when you have say a local authority that is effectively broke you have a, a football association that's effectively broke um and like it's 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 you're talking huge huge sums like it's always thrown at the dock that they didn't maybe invest after their run to the group stages you know in 2016 i I don't think that would have put a dent in it to be quite honest um for what for what you'd need and what you'd want bear in mind it's in a residential area as well um but it has to start somewhere i think i've constantly sort of said to myself i'd love to see plans drawn up something that people can get behind maybe it's a you know 
start or main and, and dessert sort of option where you've a b and c and and this is what maybe 10 million could get you this is what 20 could get you this is what 30 and and, and start working towards it because one thing that dundalk have fallen really down on in recent years i think has been on the fundraising front have done effectively nothing um and look it has to start somewhere and look it might take 10 years or might take 20 years but you have to say right we need to you can't bury your hand head in the sand forever on it um because look again if that stadium's still like this in 10 years time will it be you know with health and safety laws everything will it be fit for purpose who, who knows but like exactly and and when you look at the everyone else trying to to build stadiums and trying to progress and as Nathan talked about before with Sligo with the community are getting around that one they really need to get some sort of motivation within the community to try and put pressure on as well because we need yeah. to start putting pressure on our, our local representatives to fund these clubs which it, they're very important to the community and, and you, you've highlighted both in Drogheda and Dundalk. Uh, Nathan, there's another funny feeling UCD are going to struggle this year. Uh, I don't think that's yeah. rocket science. Uh, I have Drogheda it down to struggle with them. Who else do you think could be down there struggling? Yeah, we're in agreement with those two. Um, I think if UCD stay up, Andy Moyler has to be manager of the season. I don't care what, if Derry win the league or if Rovers win the league, it's, it simply has to be. I, I just, I can't see anything but UCD finishing bottom. Um, and I, I like UCD as a club, but what they've been to the league is brilliant. They've been a conveyor belt for talent for, for the longest time now. And they, but they just once again have been absolutely gutted of, of star players from last year, haven't they? Like Evan Carfrey, Sean Brennan, uh, Tommy Longman uh, gone back to Pats. Even Colin Whelan, who was out uh, long, with a long term injury last season, now gone to Derry City. So, well, there's a couple of good players there. They're, they're going to be in trouble. But I would actually worry about Sligo Rovers heading into uh, the, the Premier Division season. And a lot of it does come down to the fact that they lost Aidan Keane what, about two weeks out from uh, from the season and have actually ultimately have struggled and look like they're going to struggle uh, to replace him because they relied very heavily on his goals last year. And even away from the goal scoring figures, just the, the creativity just, just won't be there. Like, like Will Fitzgerald, Carlo Sullivan, uh, Max Matte, all decent players but they don't have anybody really that you're going to be looking at to be that 15 20 goal season sort of striker and Aiden Keane was that and it looked like he was going to hand around but all of a sudden uh went off got, got a good move to Cheltenham Town um so yeah I, I would I'd have Sligo Rovers uh, down there possibly with Drop the United uh, battling out for that nine position uh the playoffs were uh, well, I I don't doubt you on that one, uh, Nate. And I like Will Fisherell as a player. I have to say, I think I, I like the way he attacks people. It's a it's a good thing to see. I, I, I like an old winger, Nate, as as you know. Um, Cork City, you do. how You're do fond they? Of a winner. <laughs> <laughs> how do they fare out in this season, James? Yeah, they're they're a bit of an unknown quantity. I think to to some extent. I, I think look, it's the easiest thing in the world maybe to say that you know the newly promoted team could struggle. Um, I don't think they will. Um, in terms of, I, I think it could be a, a season similar to Shells last year, where I think they'll mm. be hard to beat and I, I never maybe um, challenging for the upper echelons of the table. But I, I equally, I don't think they'll be in relegation trouble either. I think that you know they've a good core there um, from last season. A lot of very talented youngsters. I know they've, they've lost a few to you know clubs in in England and that. Um, but I think you know they've. To sign sort of a couple that you know, I, I think Tondeo will probably never work for him at Pats if we're honest. But 
I think he's someone who could, you know, excel there because I was really impressed with him at Finn Harps. Um, and outside that, they brought in a few sort of um, it's a Swedish players and, and and Matt Healy, obviously, back on loan from, from Ipswich Town. So a bit of an unknown quantity about them, but um, I think they'll be OK. And, and look, I think, again, coming back up to the to the Premier Division, I think consolidation is 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 all you can want. But I think you, you go down to Turner's Cross on a Friday night, the place is going to be hopping. I think that'll be huge for them. I think if, if their home form is, is good and they can make that a tough place to go, I think that'll be enough to see them safe this season and, and give them something to build on because we all know they're, they're a massive club and a, and a great addition to the Premier Division. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think you're going to be too wrong on that. I, I, I have a feeling that they, I'm not saying going to be comfortable enough, but I think they do have enough to push away from any sort of trouble there. And they have momentum. And momentum's great when you're coming up. You know, it's a lot of positivity around where you, you may have the likes of Drogheda, UCD. And as, as Nathan said, Sligo, with losing a couple of players, his confidence going to be high. Uh, well, we're going to find that out fairly quickly. Nathan, we talked about Bowes before. A lot of Bowes fans are unhappy with their recruitment. Uh, I think centre-backs and right-backs, and they've yeah. been quoting them for, for a long time. A Shelburne, a Shelburne, someone who's going to, again, take the front foot ahead of the likes of Bowes, maybe even Pats? Yeah, I think so. And that's going back to the point we made earlier about the likes of Pats, uh, even Dundalk, maybe they do pick up. Uh, shouldn't have injuries with European football. I think Shells will be on the heels uh, in terms of capitalising. The one question I will have about Shelbourne is that the squad as, as a whole, at average age, it's quite young. It's quite uh, inexperienced. Now, they did bring in the likes of Paddy Barrett um, from St. Pat's. Whether he can get over his, his injury problems from last year uh, remains to be seen. Luke Bourne, uh, Shane Grant-Crane is quite young. They're experienced enough around uh, the, the League of Ireland now at this stage. But I've been, I think they've done decent in the transfer window like I said Paddy Barrett coming in along with uh, Kyle Robinson from Pats uh, Tyreek Wilson was the big one coming in from uh, Bowers Evan Caffrey from UCD Matty Smith making his uh, his long move from Derry uh, a permanent deal Connor Cairns from Galway Andy Quinn from Drotter so decent enough but the big sticking point for me is a lot of them were done extremely early doors like Shells had, had the, the nucleus and the bulk of a squad in place um, by December which can be a massive benefit in terms of gelling and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'd be looking at Shelbourne to, to do well this season. Do they have enough to sustain an actual European push in terms of getting into the top position? Probably not, but I think they could be doing their bounce, you know, for that fourth place if a, a team in the top three of the Premier Division win the FEI Cup. They could, they could potentially... When you look at Bowes, what do you what do you think of Bowes? First of all, as a football team, James. Second of all, as a club. Yeah, look, I, you can only admire a lot of what they do as a club in terms of particularly the off-the-field stuff, but going on the field, um, it, it's a hard one to call. Like I, They've made a couple of what you I think are good additions, like Paddy Kirk coming in and Adam McDonald from Sligo. Keep Buckley being back, I think, will be massive. Um, I think Dylan Connolly, you know, has potential to, you know, be, be very good. He was at Dundalk a few years ago, had a... A decent spell in England, he brings a lot of pace, and, and I think Dean Williams was a bit of an unsung sung hero for Drogheda last season. And if he can sort of get them goals, um, kind of on top of that, I think a lot of people are talking about Jonathan and Afalabi, and maybe, maybe he can step up. But it, it does feel that they're, I know they brought in uh Kasper Rodkowski and uh, Jay McGrath today, um, so. They do just look a wee bit light at the back. That would be my one fear for them. Um, but it's one of those. I think there's always a surprise package each year. And 
maybe it could be them. I, I don't think there's a lot between, like, for me, I think there'll be two at the top, maybe two adrift at the bottom, and then sort of in between that from sort of third to eight, I don't think there's a lot between any of the teams. And if you can get a run of form, you know, it could be the difference between having a good season or a bad season. Does Declan Devine have something to prove? Because he probably wasn't happy with how it went at Derry. He hasn't exactly turned things around at Bowes in the time that he's there. That's probably a little unfair because he's not there a long time. So again, is this? And there's a lot of maybes as you as you've pointed out there. And they might do this. They might do that. Uh, would there be a bit of pressure on him? Do you think he, a bit of pressure on himself just to try and prove that he he's good enough? Yeah, perhaps because I, I, like I don't think it's any secret he probably wasn't the first choice for the job. He probably wasn't even the third or fourth choice for the job. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I think there was a section of Bose fans maybe not overly enthused when he got it. Um, again, it's harsh to judge him on on the sort of few games he was in charge for at the end of last year. But the fact that they didn't maybe get that bounce maybe just adds to the sort of uh, pressure this year. So, um. It's a tricky one. Like, um, I think there's a lot of expectation at Bowes purely, like, you know, they're going to be sold out every week in Daily Mount this season. And, um, you know, they're, they're passionate fans, as we know. And I think if, if they're not sort of at least looking like improving on last year, I think that's one where the heat could come pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I like them. I like the club. I think it's a, a, a good club. It's a good atmosphere when you're down there. So, uh, I can't want everyone to do well because that's not the way it works but uh, uh, if there was a club who are trying to do things and, and trying to push and you can see their efforts it's bows. so I won't be too optimistic for them but I hope it doesn't go uh, any worse than what I feel it will be which would probably be a mid-table finish okay Nathan listen we'll we'll, we'll go for the European spots because uh, that's what it's all about for some of these clubs especially Dundalk as we talked about and, and the likes of Pats because it's not only Dundalk has to, to try and change their stadium. You'd look at Pats and you'd say, well, you know, it's probably a time they did it, it got a lick of paint and, and started doing that place up too. So what? where are you looking at for the European places? Who am I looking for to get in? Obviously. I, I me, know who you want. I'm, I'm talking yeah, about I was about to say, me heart and head are two different answers. I have Dundalk down to finish towards ahead of Pats this season. Might be a little bit underwhelmed of what he done in terms of recruitment, but both have that little bit of quality that he have re-signed from, from last year. I just think about looking at the starting elevens as a whole, Dundalk have that little bit extra uh, that, that, that Pats uh, might not have. Uh, like, look, we all know what Pat Hoban can do when he's there. He's been, I, thought, I don't know about you, James, I thought he was underwhelming last year, uh, along with some others. Uh, Nathan Shepard, an excellent goalkeeper. Alfie Lewis and Ryan O'Kane. I think Ryan O'Kane's an absolute superstar in, in this league, one of the best young players uh, throughout the League of Ireland as a whole. So, yeah, I, I just feel that the, the quality of the re-signings that they have uh, they, they brought in would be enough to push them into another European adventure. Yeah, OK. Uh, well, uh, I yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that Shelburne are going to pit pats. I just have that little bit of a feeling. I have done dark down for a tour. I just have a feeling, as you as you made a great point, they did their business early, so gelling is, is going to be important. Um, and... Listen, they had a decent season last year, so why couldn't they improve? We got a good look last week in the President's Cup of Derry and Shamrock Rovers, James, albeit Shamrock Rovers were, were chopping and changing players around, so maybe didn't give us the, the, the correct feel. Maybe didn't want to show their cards. How do you feel? I've, I've, I've a feeling, again, I have Derry down to win the league this year. 
I, I still think for me, Rovers are the team to beat. You know, they're they're going for the four in a row. Um, you know, they haven't made massive alterations to their team in terms of. Uh, I think Andy Andy Lyons is obviously the the biggest loss. I think in terms of the, those who went out the, the way, but the, that's been sort of on the horizon. But they brought in maybe Trevor Clark, who can sort of play that position, who's as as good as one of the Rover squad anyway. If, you know, having having been there before, I think Liam Bortle maybe give them different options. Johnny Kenny, if he can like produce like he did at Sligo, would be a real threat. I've heard good things about Marcus Poom as well. So they're they're probably the most settled. Okay, we didn't see maybe the best of them in the Presidents Cup, but I, you know they're still missing a lot through injury as well. Like Rory Gaffney was obviously the Player of the Year last year, and he didn't feature in that. Um, I think Derry, you know, are realistically their their biggest challenge. I think they've signed really really well. Um, I think what could maybe count against them and, and something that, that they have to improve on is their home form. It wasn't wasn't anywhere good enough last year. They did a great record on the road, but and and I was up there towards the end of last season and I just don't think that pitch suits them. I think it slows their play down. They've a lot of really creative players. But I, I like I like what Rory Higgins has done in terms of the, the, the window, in terms of he's he's identified maybe little areas in his team that they can improve and I think Adam O'Reilly like I've seen him for Pats last year he just brings such an engine um, that you know brings real energy to that team I think um, Colin Whelan as well he's he, you know I think he'd be playing in England right now but for the injury he got so if he can come back he brings a real real goal threat as well and 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 a, and a plan B you know to, to what to have so maybe possibly they could do it maybe one more centre half if you know in terms of the long term just looking at the the league, but I, I, yeah, I think that they'll go close, and I, I just hope it's a title race this year, either way, because you don't want to see any team as a neutral. You don't want to see any team, unless it's your team, you don't want to see any team run away with it, um, and it, and for it to be done and dusted with about ten matches to go. I think it'd be really good to see them two going going at it right to the end, all the way to the end. Put your head in the chopping block. So who wins it? I'm gonna go with Derry. I, I, I said they're over to the team to beat and they are and I think if, if you finish above them I think you win the league but I, I think I like what they've done um, you know they had a bit of a wobble around May last year and I think that ultimately cost them um, in terms of you know giving it a real bash but I think you know that bringing in um, Mark Connolly I think the second half of last season was massive at the back they have a real solidity there you know, a bit like Rovers a few years ago. I think sometimes you need to have a, a sort of maybe a cup win, which is which they've done to sort of give you that momentum. Uh, you know, Cork did it. Going back to the John Caulfield days, there where you you win a cup and maybe you, you build on it with a league the following year. I think they've a younger age profile than Rovers. Rovers may get distracted by Europe. I think obviously that's going to be a real aim again. Um, and certainly if the likes of Colin Whelan can hit the ground, you know, is massive. But also what people are almost forgetting is um, Michael Duffy spent most of last year on the sidelines. Mm. And, and on his day, he's one of the best players in this league, I think. And, and you know, very unfortunate leg break early on last year. But I think, you know, he's as good as a new signing again coming back in. So I, I think the real squad depth there this year. And, and um, like I say, if they can just improve on that home form, I think they'll take some stopping. Nathan, what's your thoughts? I think we've always have another year in them. I think they're going to do four in a row this year. I'd probably prefer to see Derry City. They were just for what the walk they've been doing around the club has been absolutely excellent. But as uh, as James said, winning Trevor Clark, excellent quality player. And um, I think if Johnny Kenny can strike the way they did with Sligo, 
that's well it's only going to be a short term sort of solving an issue because we all we all know that you need a, a young central striker before we definitely had the season of his life last year but i think johnny could be that option for forward uh 2023 if you can do what he's done at sligo rovers pico lopez coming back in someone that was uh really unlucky in the back end of uh, last season with injuries. Same with Jack Bourne. He missed the start last year as well. So these sort of players you'd hope to see come back into the fold. Uh, I do think European football would be a big ambition for them. Getting back into another group stage uh, of even higher than the Europa Conference League would be key for them this year. But yeah, I think they'll have enough for one more big year uh, for Shamrock Rovers. Okay. I'm going to finish off with one question. It's just on the bottom one. Uh, I think we... Do we all agree that probably UCD might struggle this year? Yeah. most likely uh, who finished James in that ninth spot and then do they have enough then do you think to make sure that the, the likes of Galway or Finn Harps or even possibly Waterford if we're, if we're all wrong about the first division that they have enough to sort of swat those away yeah for for, for me I, I agree I think UCD probably going to be the bottom side just you know they've lost a lot of quality um, but yeah, maybe Drada, I think, in that position for me. Just, I, I think that, you know, again, they've lost a, a couple of leaders there at the back, you know, the likes of, you know, getting on a bit, but Dane Massey's gone out and, and, and people like that that, you know, you, you need in your dressing room throughout the year. I think, obviously, Dean Williams' goals. I, I do like the look of the two lads they brought in from Lincoln City, uh, Alicia Ahui and uh, Freddie Draper. But, again, we've seen last year they got a couple of lads from, Lincoln on loan and, and they were gone halfway through the year so that's the danger the, the loan market um but uh, yeah they'd be the, the two strugglers for me I think if be, I'd be surprised if if they weren't battling down there for most of the year and what about so if Drogheda did make that do you think uh, because they haven't been reaching the heights in the last couple of years confidence may be a little low if they're still stuck in ninth place can can the likes of Galway or Finn Harps be the teams to sort of maybe bring them back down again because there there is a little bit more strength in that first division now isn't there yeah it's like momentum at that stage can be huge but look as as UCD showed last year it's never a done yeah. deal most people would have put their put yeah. their their mortgage on maybe Waterford coming through that game and and you you never know it's it's, it's a very hot the playoffs very hard because it's such a slog over you're going all year and then you have to get through you know. should there be a playoffs James should there just be the the the, the top two or maybe three come down it, look it, it's a double-edged sword that one because I think as I said in in terms of the first division throughout the year I think it adds to the interest like if, again going back to last year I think there was only those three clubs adrift you know, with, with maybe seven, eight matches to go that were, you know, definitely yeah. couldn't be in the promotion uh, shake-up. So I think it gives it that interest. But then the other side of it is you have to play, once you get into the playoffs, you know, between the semi-final, the final, and then yeah, you have to play. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it is a lot in, in a very quick space of time um, at the end of a long year. So um, it's difficult, but you know that's that's the way it is uh, James listen to me absolute pleasure having you on uh, we're on YouTube Twitter all the social media and don't forget we're on Spotify uh, SoundCloud Apple Podcast spread the word and we'll talk to you again next week